Yala, the lead pastor of New Rich Fellowship, and I pray that you feel welcome as you have sung and as, as soon as you prayed and gathered together to worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're currently in our sermon series that is titled, Thanks and Giving. And so I want to just start off uh, just to share with you, uh, as I'm usually open to share some stories, uh, uh, personal stories. One of them, I want to uh, mention that there is a particular kind of person that I really don't care for as much. Now, I'm not talking about more from the, the color of the skin or the gender or anything like that. I'm talking about an individual that you may understand is a person that knows it all. All right, person that, that, that they, they just know it and it's like, oh my goodness, like that you can't even tell them anything because it seems like they, they already know the answers, they know what, what to expect, they know what to do, and anytime you have a conversation, it just feels like they just know it all. There was a time that I was working at a job and uh, in the auto um, mechanic area and, and a, a new employee came in and gave me opportunity to... to uh, sit next to the individual, show them that I, I remember vividly there was a, a one that was a, a tire, so how to take out the tire utilizing the, the uh, uh, to take out the lug nuts and then check out the tire, make sure everything's all good. Uh, the list can go on and on. And as I, as I continued going and sharing with the individual, the individual says, I know, I know. Oh, okay, all right. So, all right, so take out the tire, and then when you see the tire, you're going to see this. I know, I know. I just something just started burning inside of me like, mm, you know, and I'm being honest with you. I'm like, mm. And then I said, okay, so when you take that out, there's going to be, uh, in order to take out the, 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 the drum, the, the brakes on there, there's two bolts. On, I know, I know, I, that's it. Okay. That, that was it. I said, all right, since you know, go ahead and continue working on this and I'll come back later, but I'm going to go on another vehicle that I can work on. And so interestingly enough here, I'm working on another vehicle um, and, and, and I looked to the side and the individual who was saying, I know, I know all the time. I just saw that they were kind of struggling. And then it came to a point that instead of coming over and asking me a question, that individual went and asked another employee for questions. And I, for me, I was like, oh, I thought you knew, all right? And so here's the part, ladies and gentlemen, it's like the, the, the person who knows and knows all the time, it's like you don't want to have a conversation because you can't teach them anything because they already know. This past week, I had the privilege of going down uh, with, uh, to Nashville for a pastor's conference with Pastor Cole. And after, you know, 20 some years that I've been in ministry and pastor, this uh, conference was, uh, was called the Art of Teaching. And one of the, the, the breakout sessions was how this individual would prepare for the sermons and, and deliver a sermon, uh, uh, audience, you know, how to capture the audience. I mean, the, the list can go on and on. And you're probably saying, you know, okay, well, Pastor Ricky, why would you want to go to a conference like that? I want to make sure, ladies and gentlemen, that I don't come to a point that I tell you I know. I want to make sure that I continue to learn the, the newest things, almost like what your doctor, you go to your doctors, you know, you're not going to go to a doctor that has not gotten any training since 1983, right? You, want, you certainly don't want to do that. You want to make sure that the individual is, is kept up to date. And I want to make sure that I'm the same way, because when I'm coming up to go and preach, I do it more in a, in a reverential fear that I can't believe God is utilizing me to do what I do, to deliver the message. And I don't ever want to come up here and say, I got this. I know, I know, because I know who I'm representing. And I got to make sure that my life is right, that before God's presence, that as, as I'm coming up here,
here to be able to say, God, take me away and make sure that the words, that it's all you, that those who are listening can receive of your word. And it's not because of me, but by your power, the movement of the precious Holy Spirit that is actually moving in the midst of people, let that come out. And so I want to make sure that I don't know it. And when someone says, I know, I know, they kind of probably go into an expert mode. The expert mode is an individual who is, uh, uh, has comprehensive and authoritative knowledge of or a skill in any particular area. And you know what? The same way that I don't really like the, uh, or care for individuals who always say, I know, I know or know it all. You know, in today's scripture reference, uh, we're going to hear of an expert that had a conversation with Jesus. And this story may be familiar with you. I'm going to invite you to please open up to the book of Luke, chapter 10. Go to Luke, chapter 10. We're going to uh, start reading on verse 25. Now, as you're looking for it, I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. And so if you have your own Bible, you you may have a different translation, and the words may be a little different, but I pray you follow along. Luke, chapter 10. Beginning on verse 25. Now, I am going to be stopping intermittently to share a few words in between some of these verses. All right, so let's go with the very first one, verse 25. On one occasion, here it is, an expert, all right, an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Let me pause there already. Uh, Here's an expert of the law. I know it. I know it. I I know about the law. I'm going to test Jesus. And you know what? It's not necessarily a a bad thing any time that you are testing Jesus, asking questions of Jesus, but it's also, or, or God, it's also the motive in which you ask them. All right, this individual was an expert of the law, so how did he approach Jesus? He said, teacher. So he's saying he wanted to make sure he's testing Jesus, and he's going to ask him a question. But in the Bible also says that if you're ever saying, I can't question God, I can't do this, I want to share with you there are different ways in the Bible. It teaches us how the people of God were asking and talking to God through prayer and asking questions. And when it comes to the area of testing that I know of, there's at least three areas in the Bible that talk about testing, and it's okay to test, which is one in uh, Isaiah, the other one is in Malachi, and the other one is in... uh, uh, first John, the letter of First John, I believe is in chapter 4. Uh, testing Jesus, right? Testing God. Test that the, the Spirit uh, is of God. And so anything, anyone that is preaching the Word, as the Bible says, anyone that's preaching the Word or speaking about the Gospel, it's making sure that you test the spirits. So it's okay to do that. But here the expert of the law, the one that knows, felt confident enough to ask him Jesus a question. The motive is, this is a question, teacher. On verse 25, it says, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now, what is written in the law? This is Jesus replying. How do you read it? I, I, I love how Jesus responded to him because if he's an expert of the law, shouldn't he already know the answer? And so when he does that, he says, how do you read it? And he answered, this is the expert of the law. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, Jesus says, you have answered correctly, Jesus replied, do this, and you will live. Now, if 
the expert of the law already had the answer. And when he responded to Jesus' question, he had the right answer. Jesus says, you have answered correctly. To love God and to love your neighbor. But here we are in October 29, 2023. And if we say that we love God, but we don't really like our neighbor or we hate our neighbor, then you know what? The Bible also points out that we are liars. If we're saying that we love God and we don't like a brother and sister. In fact, I didn't tell my team this, but if you would be so kind, put a, a little marker on that Luke passage and go to the first John, not the gospel of John, the first John, the letters, first John chapter four, a moment. I want to share with you on verse 19 what it says here. Remember, he was saying he responded, love the Lord, your God. And love your neighbor. On 1 John chapter 4, beginning on verse 19, it says, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims, and here it is, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen and he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. So here's his expert of the law. He's responding with the correct answer, and you would think that that is it, but no, this expert wanted to justify himself. And so let's continue reading on this Luke passage. On verse 30, in reply... Oh, excuse me, on verse 29, verse 29. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Like if he didn't know that answer either. So he asked that question, and, and in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, where he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Let me pause there. I love when Jesus utilizes parables, that he use, utilizes things that people are used to in the area. If he's talking about farming and seeding, he, he does that in the, in the area that he's walking and he wants to share a parable. In this occasion, when he's talking about the expert of the law, he's talking about that a man went through the road from Jerusalem to Jericho and that he was beaten and that he was, you know, left half dead. And that what people would understand because that road to Jericho was notoriously known for people getting beat up or robbed and so when jesus is asking saying this story of this parable hey this is this is what happened in this road from jerusalem to jericho in our terms right now let's say for example if you are in gilbertsville area and you know gilbertsville and if jesus would come and talk uh, here and he would say you know on the corner of swamp pike and north charlotte street there's a store that in a gasoline station uh, if anybody knows uh, gilbertsville you know what i'm talking about Wawa. All right, so if I'm telling a story, be like, hey, on the, on the corner of Swamp Pike and North Charlotte Street, there's a store, and you already know, oh, I know where he is. Even if you're not there physically, your mind, your curiosity, you already know that's what I'm talking about. But let's say, for example, I'm over in my mom or dad's house, and I say, hey, mom and dad, on the corner of a Swamp Pike and North Charlotte Street, what do you think that she's going to say? What are you talking about? You know, I was like, I don't know what you mean. That's like, I don't know where that is. 
No, but if I speak with them and I said, hey, mom, on the corner of uh, East Cumberland and 12th Street, she'll know what I'm talking about. There's another gasoline station over there, not necessarily the Wawa over here, but what I'm saying is the context in which where Jesus was, he showed and shared the story, and it wasn't saying that the expert of the law or those who were listening to him would say, oh, that, that you're, you're lying, uh, uh, Jesus, because that road is so good, it's well lit. No, no. As soon as he said that they, uh, the, the man was robbed and, 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 and stripped of his clothes and left half beaten you know, or, or half dead, they understood it. They were, even though they weren't there physically, they knew what Jesus was talking about. And so all of a sudden they got their curiosity going, and then to, for them to listen to what Jesus was about to say, and he says this on verse 31. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by on the other side. But a Samaritan, can you say Samaritan? A Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the, the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took out of two denarii and, and gave them to the innkeeper and look after him, he said. And when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Let me pause there. Jesus already set the tone, the road from Jer uh, Jerusalem to Jericho. And then uh, not only that, he then added three individuals, those individuals that the expert of the law was already used to, the priest. Expert of the law knew what the priest and the responsibility is supposed to be. People around him that were listening, they knew what a priest was supposed to be doing. But then it was interesting that the priest didn't help out. Jesus says that he went on the other side and didn't help the man that was le uh, left half dead. And you would think that here's a Levite who was also part of the responsibility of taking care of the temple and worship and other things that he would, if anything, if the priest didn't do it, surely enough the Levite would do it. And no, the Levite went and did the same thing, went on the other side and left him beaten, half dead. But oh, the Samaritan, why, do I add, why did I ask you to uh, uh, say Samaritan? Uh, the, the Jews were, were, did not like or hated the Samaritans enough. As I was reading about what was happening back then, the Jews would actually go a little longer way, even across the Jordan River, to not, to not even go through Samaria. That's how much they hated them. But here Jesus goes and says a Samaritan did this. So between the priest, the Levi, who they were thought would respond, no, it was a Samaritan. So let me, let, let me uh, share this question here. On verse 36, Jesus asked this question to him. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? If I ask you that question... What would you say? Was it between the three? Was it the priest, the Levite, or the Samaritan? If the question was, which one of these three would you respond showed uh, was a neighbor to this man? How would you respond? Those who are online, what would you type in? 
priest, Levite, or Samaritan. You see, you and I would respond with that, oh, the Samaritan, because that's the story. All right? Jesus presented it this way. The priest, the Levite, and the Samaritan. But uh, this week, man, as I was reading, I don't know, it was one of those moments like, oh, I want to share with you what the expert of the law responded with. On verse 37, the expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. For for me, I, I... I may be wrong, but I usually try to extend to to understand what was happening there. Why didn't this expert of the law say the Samaritan? Like you and I responded. Is it possible that we're making sure like, oh, if I say the Samaritan, people are going to know that I'm giving credit to the Samaritan, which the Jews hate. And if we don't, if I'm not saying that it's a priest or uh, the Levite and I'm saying it's Samaritan, they're going to come at me because I gave credit to somebody that normally would not be helping somebody else or better than us. He says, the one that showed mercy, which is the right answer. And Jesus even says, well, you have answered correctly, right? He told him, he says, go and do likewise. He had the answer. As the expert of the law, he had the answer. So not only once did Jesus say, hey, go ahead and do this and you will live. To love God and love neighbor. And then he says, look, the one that showed mercy, you're right, go and do likewise. So both of the answers, the expert of the law was able to respond in a way that was correct. But he didn't say the Samaritan. Like somebody had mentioned at the 9 o'clock service, they appreciated that he didn't say the Samaritan because it's still here we are nowadays in 2023, years later after this parable was shared, and it doesn't go by a name. We can be the individuals that other people see that we are the ones that shared and showed mercy to others. I want to share something with you in the midst of the New Ridge Fellowship, and we're going into this new year of 2024 as the very first year of this new church, of new name. And when we go out and we see a need in our community because of our generosity, because of our giving, that we're able to see a need and we're able to come alongside of that individual, similar to what the Samaritan did, if other people do not recognize that it is New Ridge Fellowship and say, well, which church is the one that helped you out? And, and if say, we don't know. I got to tell you, it's okay. You see, when we give and we help people out, I don't want us to say, hey, you got to make sure that people know it's from us. If we are doing that, we're doing in the wrong motive, similar to what this expert of the law was doing. We are, when we're reaching out and people who are in need, that we can just come alongside of them. And that we are giving honor and glory to God because we are responding to a need, not necessarily for people to know who our name is. But if we can point people to who the one is, I'd rather us do that. And so part of that, ladies and gentlemen, is making sure that, okay, so if they don't know our name, but if they say that church, the church that showed mercy... The church that when there was a need, they came around and they helped the individual out or the family out or the mission out. And I love that Pastor James was, James was here 
uh, from Kenya, and he showed how the generosity of our church through our Christmas offering was able to make a difference in his ministry in Kenya. And you may not have been there, never been there in person, but you know what? Because of your generosity, how it is impacting the world. They're impacting the world that we're able to help somebody out, that they can help other students in their communities to get better, to know more about Christ, to use technology. And what a blessing it is when we can say that our church was able to do that, even if they don't know what church it was, knowing like we're helping somebody. Because our response is in giving. It is not the response of recognition. And therefore, when people says, well, God bless you, that we can say amen and God bless you too. Through our generosity that we're able to give and because we're able to give, we're seeing what kind of need is out there. My prayer is that as a church, we come alongside of them. And that they can see Jesus in you and in me as a church. That we no longer continue talking about helping others, but like Jesus told the expert of the law, go and do likewise. And so in a moment, we're going to be preparing ourselves to, uh, if you didn't do it last week, you'll have an opportunity to do it this week. Our altar's in the front where you'll be able to present your, your pledge or your giving card for 2024. And you're probably saying, well, why does this church do that? Well, I, I charge for our staff to uh, think, where, where, uh, to pray about and discern where God is leading them to what they want to do for 2024. And so in order to do that, ladies and gentlemen, we need to know what kind of support through our, your, specifically through your finances, we're able to accomplish in 2024. You may not know exactly how it's going to be or, and, and what day is going to fall on, but as you give unto the Lord that we can know and see what need is out there so that way that your giving can impact the world. And when I say the world, it impacts our church, it impacts our community, it impacts our homes, it impacts our workplaces, it impacts our schools, and the list can go on and on because of your generosity. And therefore, our leadership council, when they go and they vote on the budget for the following year, it is based on the pledges that have come in. Now, if the pledges don't come in, uh, uh, the, the amount doesn't come in as the staff is hopeful to do the programs and ministries and, and be out there uh, in, in our communities and, and making impacts around the world by through our missionaries and others, uh, we'll just have to let the staff know uh, this is the amount that came in through pledges. So therefore, some of the stuff that you wanted to do, you may have to hold off on it. But I pray, ladies and gentlemen, as you have been a giving church, that the ideas and the visions and the prayers and the discernment that our staff has had for 2024 as our first full year of New Ridge Fellowship, and that we can be able to um, uh, know that we have your support. That you're not giving it just to me or the staff, but that you're presenting your giving, a portion of the blessings that God has poured upon you financially together. Where more than one person, and one person gives, another person who gives is always going to give more than one person. Can you imagine what 600 or 700 people can do together? And that we're able to make a difference and that when we do things that we are pointing others to Christ. And that we're doing almost what Jesus, uh, what Jesus is telling this expert of the law to go and do. That way we're not just saying it, that we're doing it. 
And that when we do things and the people come to Christ and the people come to church and the people are being impacted and growing spiritually, it is because of your generosity. And even if you're not there in, in person, you're, you're not helping that person specifically, but as a church, we're able to do that. You should also say, I'm a part of that. So in a moment, I'm going to pray. And then the musicians are gonna, and the singers are going to lead us through a song. Ladies and gentlemen, that's, this is a, a faith pledge. When I say a faith pledge, we don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know what next month is going to bring. We don't even know what next year is going to bring. But our faithfulness and our trust in God and to say, okay, God, you've blessed me with this. I'm going to present you with this. And see how God will multiply what you're able to give as others come alongside. And we are that body, having Christ as the head of that body, of what we can do for the glory of God. Let us pray. God, we thank you that we've come to this point of our worship service to receive of your word and also prepare our hearts and our minds as we present to you our gifts of our pledges for 2024 and that we can do so much for people because we know that we live in a world that is such a need and we're part of those recipients of receiving that mercy. And so, God, we can't give what we don't have. And by receiving your mercy, by receiving your forgiveness, by receiving your love, God, that we're able to then share with others because we have experienced it ourselves and how we can do that because of what you have done for us. In thanks and in giving, Lord, we're able to give. And by giving, Lord, what a blessing will be as we receive your presence, your reassurance, your love, and your care. So as those who are able to come forward today and have prayed about their pledge for the giving of 2024, and God, that you bless them. I know there were individuals who shared last week and this week will be another opportunity and next week will be another opportunity which will be the final one, Lord, but that we can all come together and make a difference. Now, we don't just talk about it, that we are doing it. Through in ministry, Lord, sharing the love of Jesus, the salvation that is available to those that are, are, is available to them because it's been paid in full, Lord, and we're, we're thankful. We ask this, Lord, in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen and amen.